0: Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show. And I'm so excited to have my next guest here. We have Carl Shevik, who is the co-founder and CEO of EarthFoam. And you may or may not have tried EarthFoam, but you absolutely need to try EarthFoam. It is an incredible, incredible mattress. But also, if you've already purchased a mattress and you're not in the mood to upgrade that at this time, you could also get a mattress pad, which is what I did. And they also have pillows and they have so many other things. And uh, it's just a great brand and a quality product. We're going to get into what makes it unique, um, how the sustainable sleep brand raises the standards of quality, comfort, durability, and transparency within a very misunderstood industry uh, for most. And with six un- environmental and social impact certifications uh, backing up their production and quality standards, Earth Foam. Hedges against greenwashing to deliver an honest product. Working directly with the farmers in its supply chain, we'll definitely talk to Carl a little bit more about this. But also, how in the heck did he decide to start this company um, uh, initially with his uh, with his brother as well? And we'll talk a lot more about that too. So, welcome to the show,
1: Carl. Thank you so much for having me, Kara.
0: Absolutely. I I love founder stories and uh, the entrepreneur stories. And yours definitely was one. And I appreciate your product and the quality and everything that you stand for. So congratulations, first of all. That's really awesome.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: So where did the name Earth Foam come from?
1: So we have another brand called Sleep on Latex. Uh, We started in 2013. And so... The product that we're selling is is latex foam, which is something a lot of people aren't familiar with. It's a really old material that was used in mattresses. And I came across it at some point. I was doing another business, and I found there was this niche market uh, for people looking for latex mattresses and latex mattress toppers. And so that's kind of how I got into this business. You know, it became very apparent to me at some point that the word latex was really throwing people off. And people have like the complete opposite associations with latex of what the product actually is. Um, We're selling a product that's natural, it stays very cool, it's really comfortable. People don't think of those things when they hear the word latex. And so we have this audience that knows what latex foam is. And so with Sleep On Latex, we're able to connect really well with those people. But we felt like we kind of just needed to give the material a different name to connect with a wider audience. Because I just found time and time again that that was a barrier with people. Like when people would ask what I do, uh, I'd tell them about our mattresses, and I'd say they're made with this material called latex foam. I'd say, "What? That sounds weird." And so, like then the the focus kind of like became rather than starting at zero and trying to get to ten. Like in convincing somebody that this was a product they should want, it's like you're starting at negative 10 and then you got to get to zero before you can get to 10. And so that's really the real basic idea of earth foam is let's give this material a name that really better expresses what it is.
0: I love that. So, how did this all? start. I mean, did you grow up in a family that was in the mattress industry? Or how did this how did this all begin?
1: Yeah, not at all. And a lot of people I talk to like think this is a family business because it's a it's a crazy uh kind of niche to get into. Um but no I actually I came out of college and I worked for a company that did contract sewing. So they were doing a lot of stuff for the military. like A lot of things for the military are still sown uh, in the US. And I ended up going off on my own and trying to start my own business doing contract sewing. That didn't really work out. I got into doing beanbag chairs. And I was trying to sell beanbag chairs online, uh, which I found there was just a ton of competition. And So then I started looking for other things I could sell online. And one of my suppliers had latex foam. And so I kind of just got really interested in it. I found there was there was this market of people that were looking for latex foam and I found that I could sell it at at a pretty good price compared to what other people were selling it for online. So that that was the beginning and at first I was uh I was I would actually just get orders and then I would go to my supplier and I would just buy from them and then I'd go straight to the UPS store and box it up and send it to the customer. And I started doing drop shipping. And then I decided to buy a container of this foam uh, from a supplier in Sri Lanka. And then I ran into the problem of I needed to unload the container. So I hired my brother to help me unload it. And um, he's been running the business with me ever since that.
0: How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Thinking about what's for dinner, but you haven't had a minute to even think about it before now? Well, let's not make that mistake again. I have a tip for you. Factor. Stress-free, delicious, ready-to-eat meals, just perfect for spring and summer yumminess. Every fresh, never-frozen meal, is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes or less. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options. Keto, vegan, veggie, or calorie-smart? Factor has you covered. Discover more than 60 add-ons every week, too, like breakfast and on-the-go lunch choices. Snacks and beverages now, too. Stay fueled and feel good. All day long with whatever they are creating over at Factor for you. And the best part? Each meal is ready to eat in just two minutes or less. And who wouldn't want that? Factor is your solution for fast premium meals without the need for cooking. Get started today and fuel up for your spring and summer goals. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash golden50 and use code golden50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code golden50 at factormeals.com slash golden50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's code GOLDEN50 at factormeals.com slash GOLDEN50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. And was it initially very local in Chicago initially or... No,
1: it's actually always been like across the US. So it's kind of just been divided on like different markets that we've gone after. So in the beginning, I was selling everything on eBay. Uh, Then we started our website and we were selling everything on the website. And then we went and started selling on Amazon. So it's really never been a local thing. The, The funny thing is now we've kind of gained enough notoriety that yesterday we just had somebody who came into the warehouse and we've been getting this more and more of like, like, you know, every few days we get somebody that comes into the warehouse and wants to try our mattresses. So it's starting to turn into a local thing, even though it's never been that before.
0: That's so funny. How did you know? I mean, you mentioned eBay. Like how did you know how to start this? I mean, it it just is it sounds so daunting.
1: Yeah, so I you know, I've always wanted to own my own business and so like, you know, as a kid, I was always coming up with business ideas. Uh and actually my brother was kind of involved in that with me too when we were kids and um somehow at some point we got into selling things on eBay i think actually he he was doing that first and then i saw like uh you know he was just like buying used stuff and selling it on eBay and he like kind of knew what he could sell on eBay and then when i was at college uh i found that like at the end of the semester people would return the books to the bookstore and they'd have like a bunch of books that they couldn't use but i could sell those on eBay and So that kind of like got us into the mindset of of selling things online.
0: That's wild. So the mattress industry is known for having sales around holidays. And somebody, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day, like sometimes people wait until Labor Day and Memorial Day. But things like that, you weren't used to, right? And yet the consumer had been trained to sort of... Wait for those sales. And can you talk a little bit more about sort of that, like trends like that, uh, that you had to adjust to?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. So, yeah, the sale thing is something we definitely had to pay a, a lot of attention to, whether we like it or not. And so, our mindset has always been that we want to be transparent and we want to be straightforward with our customers. And so, the problem I have a lot of times with sales is that. You know, our cost doesn't change day to day. So, like, say we have a bunch of mattresses we need to get rid of. Okay. Then there's a real reason to have a sale. Um, I, you know, I guess you can make the argument that like days like Black Friday, there's a lot of competition. So it's like you want to fight for, for, for sales on that day. And it's more important, uh, to bring down the prices. But, you know our attitude is we don't want somebody to buy something one day and then see it costs less the next day, like a mattress is a thing that you need to evaluate over a long period of time. We give people a hundred day trials, and so I don't really think it's fair to sell to somebody at one price, and then, like you know fifty days after they got it, you drastically drop down the prices, likewise you see a lot of mattress companies that always have some sale. It's just like a never ending sale. Um, and I, I think that comes from the fact that how often are people shopping for mattresses? Like it's mm-hmm. it's very rare. And so you kind of need a reason to be pushed into buying. And a sale is like an easy, easy re- It's an easy way to create that urgency so that people feel like they have to buy today. Um, but again, we really feel like our product... Uh, If you do your research, you'll find like we're selling a really good product. It's at a really good price. Um, We have like a lot of certifications um, that people are interested in, and so we and we've done a lot of work on our supply chain. And we feel like we just want to present that to people in a straightforward way and say, okay, here was our cost. Here's what we need to sell you the the product at, and this is the price that we're going to sell it at now. Sometimes things change, and we have to change our prices. We're always trying to pr- bring our prices down, actually, as much as possible. But we don't want to create a dynamic where either we're giving people like um, a false choice of like they have to buy today, or the price is going to go back up. Um, and we don't want to like get people to think that the price is lower when it's not actually lower.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I can only imagine you have, you know, your first. Product, right? Yeah. And how how do you how do you get the word out to consumers that you actually have this product? I mean, you're posting it in these different uh, services, whether it's Amazon or you're probably had it on your website 10 years ago, also on eBay, some other like how did you actually tell consumers that you're open for business? I mean, it must have been scary because you had to pay for the product up front before selling it. And, you know, I can just imagine those early days.
1: Yeah. And that was really the opportunity for us is that we saw because that that would always be the barrier to sell something um, to a customer is how do you let them know? Uh, That this product is out there. And so, what we found was that with eBay, like there was an opportunity where people were looking for this product and we could sell it at a very competitive price. And doing that and like creating sales, we could kind of raise, go up in the rankings on eBay and then more people would find us. And so, you know, that to some extent is what we've done with our website. Um, and like search engine rankings and what we've done with amazon um so that's that's really been our strategy so far um is to just create a product that that brings really good value and people want to buy, and then naturally, that's like brought us up in the rankings, um whether that's Amazon or our website or or eBay
0: so you launched Earthfoam second to your initial company. So, And you talked a little bit about why you decided to do that. But how many years old is EarthFoam at this point?
1: Yeah. So EarthFoam is not even a year old. Um, Oh, wow. Approaching one year old. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. And you have a little bit different process than what you were were used to. Can you share a little bit more about that and why you decided to have a different um, supply chain for this company?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So with EarthFoam, we really wanted to create a product um, that would appeal to a wider audience. Um, so previously, we were really going after like that niche audience that was looking just for the product that we were selling. But with EarthFoam, we want to appeal to anybody buying a mattress. Um, at the same time, we started working on building a factory in Sri Lanka. And we thought it would be really cool to tie in our supply chain and our factory um, into this new brand identity, and that's really just you know our effort to create more transparency about the product, which I really believe is the future with especially with e-commerce. Is people want to know where their products are coming from? They want to know how it's made. They want to know how it's sourced, and so we felt like we had a really great opportunity. Uh, to do that and really integrate the idea of the supply chain into Earth Fund. And so
0: what do you think are like the dirty little secrets of the mattress industry? You know, like how does the industry need to change overall, do you believe?
1: So I always feel like it's really crazy with the mattress industry. You don't have really any other industry that's so low tech, that's always talking about high tech this, high tech that. You go to any mattress like website, and they're talking about some new high tech material that they're using. And you know, there's little changes that they're they're making with the material, but really, it's all just marketing. Um, and so we're trying to go in the opposite direction. Uh, we're saying actually, we have this material that's really old. It's been around since like the 40s and 50s. It was kind of just forgotten about but it's better than what anybody else is selling. And um, we're, we're trying to make things more simple. We're not trying to make things more complicated. So that, I guess that's, that's the general thing that I see with the mattress industry is it tries to make things really complicated. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody's trying to gain an edge on each other by saying they have something that their competitor doesn't, but none of it is really true. Uh, and in the end, consumers get really confused about what's even going on and what they're buying. And like, I don't think you would talk to many people who even know what materials are in the mattress that they sleep on Um, because there's just so much going on. So we're trying to go in the complete opposite direction and just make it really simple for consumers.
0: So what has been the most difficult part of building this business, do you believe?
1: I think, you know, it's probably the same thing for any entrepreneur. It's, um, there's always a struggle and you always have ideas for things that you want to do. Um, but then there's just day to day things, uh, that come up. So you can, you can create like whatever long term strategy you want. Um, but then you go in and like something happens and you have to deal with it. And, I, I think it's very challenging to balance those two things, to try to like um, achieve your long-term strategy while also addressing the day-to-day things. Because you can't just like say, you know, forget about the stuff that came up today. Like, you have to deal with that and you have to deal mm-hmm. with it effectively. But at the same time, you can't get locked in the mode where you're just putting out fires all the time and you're not really focusing on your long-term goals.
0: It's so true. And I think it's, it's, uh you know, it's putting out fires. So I had somebody before starting Hint, uh, I'll never forget, he had talked to me about how the, uh, it's like pick and shovel work, and how it's, you know, you put out one fire and then the next one, and then that same fire reignited. And then, you know, and it's this constant battle and you have to be able to um, keep your wits about you. Right. (laughs) And, you know, and keep focusing on what you can control and what you can't control. You just keep working at it, but it's um, it's definitely challenging no matter what industry you're, you're in for sure. So, everybody has a pinch me moment as an entrepreneur where you're just um, you know you're very excited maybe it's a distributor story maybe it's a customer story um, you know every maybe it's raising money or selling your company or whatever it is I'd love to hear what that is for you
1: you know so we um, we had a few different facilities so, we started out and we were in like a really small space. It was like, you know, 1500 square feet. Um, it was just me and my brother, and we barely had room for us and like the inventory that we had. And we moved to a slightly bigger space, and it just became very apparent um, that like we just didn't have enough room <laughs> even in that space. It, it was, there were a number of spaces in the building, and we started out with one, and then we took another. And then it was like, even if we take all of the space in this building, it's not going to be enough for us. Um, and it was just becoming difficult to like unload containers and just even get to inventory because we had so much like piled up in front of it. And so we really came to the realization, we need, we need a bigger space. And we found a warehouse that's 40,000 square feet that we're still in, um, in Niles, which is just outside of Chicago. And I signed the lease. And then I remember going into the space after I signed the lease and it was a brand new building. So nothing was built out yet. And it was just completely empty. And it looked so humongous. And I was just like, Oh, my God, what did I just do? So it was a combination of like, you know, I was excited to get in there. And I was excited that we had made it that far. And I was like scared as hell too of like, I just signed this space for five years. Like, are we going to make it? Like we're on the hook for a lot of money. here. So uh, it's, but I feel like it's always that with, with owning your own business. It's like, you can't get too excited because every time you get excited, there's some challenge that's coming up too. It's
0: so true. What's the most popular product that you have?
1: So our most popular product is actually the the toppers um, mm-hmm. that we sell. Uh, so you know, we this time of year we get a lot of people buying toppers um, for college dorm rooms. Uh, so we call this topper season because we're just oh. used to a lot of a lot of twin XL topper yeah. orders coming through. Um, and you know, I think for a lot of people, they've already bought a mattress and maybe they're not comfortable with the mattress that they have. And so they're trying to find a way to improve the mattress. And so buying a topper is like a much easier way to step into getting a material, uh, getting um, some, a product from us that they can use on their mattress rather than jumping into getting a whole mattress. And we've had a lot of customers that will get a topper and then love the topper and later on come back and, and actually buy a mattress from us when they're ready for it.
0: That's awesome. And you guys also do pillows as well. Uh and when did you start doing that? From the beginning were you
1: also yeah, doing we pillows? Yeah, we were doing pillows from the be- from the beginning. And actually um that was the first thing like latex pillows uh, were the first thing I really found out about when it came to latex foam. And so um I've always been a big advocate of our pillows. Actually they're not nearly as popular as our mattresses and toppers. um, I always tell people, if you're going to get one thing, just get a good pillow. Uh, That can really make a huge difference, uh, especially for the money.
0: Yeah, definitely. So when you think about uh, your company, you're 10 years old now. Uh, When you think about the company, it's always challenging, I think, for people to know... like. What is what is success like? When is a business successful? Um, when do you know that it's successful? Uh, how would you answer that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of never feel like we're successful, you know, because I, I feel like I'm learning every day, and so sometimes I think I have a tendency to like kind of forget all of the things that I've learned and just kind of poo-poo that because it's like, well. That happened already. Like, I'm here. Um, and so I'm more focused on all the things that I have to learn and all the things that I have to do uh, to be more successful. So I don't know. I haven't hit that point where I feel like, it, you know, I think sometimes people like may look at our company and feel like, oh, it's successful. But I always think like there's more things to do. That's and funny. so I've yet to hit that point where I feel successful.
0: I just had uh, Charles uh, Khan on, who is the chairman of Patagonia, and he talked oh. about Yvonne and how uh, sort of how he views that. And Yvonne is always breaking things uh, at, at Patagonia, breaking things in terms of things that everybody thinks are successful and really great. And then he uh, takes out His knife and breaks the jacket and says, "Uh, I wonder if it could be this way or this way or this way. So, I mean, that's just an example of, you know, the consumer may feel that it's successful and um, the typical great uh, entrepreneur is always going to try and make it better,
1: right? And and I think there's lots of different measures of success. Like, you know, of course, you need to be financially successful to build um, a business, but... I always think like a really good measure of our success is how long employees are staying with us. Um, When I was first building my business and I was buying materials from a lot of other businesses, I I got the opportunity to go there and see a bunch of businesses. And I saw that, like, you know, the businesses that I really respected had the same people there all the time. Mm -hmm. And businesses that I didn't, they were always like churning through people. Um, and of course you can't, not everybody is going to be a good fit for your company. Um, but I do think that's, that's a really good measure. Um, and likewise, just, you know, the work that we've done with our supply chain, I think how responsible you're being as a company. Um, you might do things that are not necessarily going to impact the bottom line and maybe consumers don't even notice. Um, but really contribute to your success as a company and i think owning a business you have to have that pride that like you want to do things even when it's not going to have a financial benefit um just because you want to make your company better
0: yeah definitely when you close your eyes and think about the company that you've built uh and the brand that you've built brands uh yeah. earthfoam is new but definitely you're off to the races for sure. What are you most proud of? I think founders don't always get to share those stories. I mean, you talked about your supply chain and things that you're doing in Sri Lanka and, and they're, they're just, they're really hard components that are really important to building the brand. But would you say there's something that you're personally really proud of that you and or, you know, your company has done?
1: I think just the, how we've grown as a team. And I think the team of people that we have, um, you know, I think it took us a while to, to get to that point where I did really feel, feel proud of that. Um, but I feel like we've created a good team and we've created a good culture and we've created, uh, a company that people want to be a part of. Um, and so that, that's something that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. What do you enjoy most about being a uh, an entrepreneur?
1: I enjoy creating. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the thing I enjoy the most is just like sitting down with nobody around with my notebook and just kind of like jotting down ideas and like starting to crunch numbers. And so it, creating can take so many different forms. Like you can create financially, then I I love like working on creating products. Um, I love working on creating our website. Um, probably too much. I like all of those things. It's like hard for me to pull away. But that's definitely what I'm most passionate about, is just creating new things, like coming up with an idea, and then figuring out how to bring that into fruition.
0: So best advice that you've ever received that you want to share with people listening that oh, really... Yeah. Kind of gets you maybe on those tough days, right? Or maybe tough days of the past where you kept thinking back to um, that advice and you thought, you know, that sort of helped me to think about how I was going to be able to get through this.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, something that I've heard from a number of different sources that I respect and I feel like it served me very well is just how important your word is when you're dealing with people and mm-hmm. that you have to live by your word no matter if you tell somebody you're going to do something and later on it turns out it's not to your benefit to do it you still have to do it whatever you say that's that's what you have to do and so i think that's really um that's like really at the base of doing anything as an entrepreneur is you're working with other people and you need people to trust and believe in you and I think your word is so important in that.
0: I couldn't agree more. So very, very critical. So Carl, thank you so much for sharing all about your journey and, and your wisdom and your lessons. And everybody needs to check out what Earth EarthFoam is doing uh, for sure. And definitely... Uh, buy a pillow, a mattress topper, a mattress. Um, but I really appreciate the founding story and and everything that you're doing. I think it's, it's great wisdom for sure. So thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Kara. It was really a pleasure being here and really enjoyed talking to you.
0: Thanks again for listening to The Kara Golden Show. If you would, please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted, which I share my journey, including founding and building Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a great rest of the week and 2023, and goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Thanks for listening.